Hello and welcome to the Sailorville Church Parenting Podcast. Our goal is to partner with parents to find biblical solutions to real life issues. I'm your host, Jared Leonard, and with me is my beautiful wife and co-host, Alyssa Leonard. Hi, everybody. And uh, with us is uh, Pastor Pat and Marilyn Nemers. We are thrilled to be in this podcast. <laughs> Marilyn? We we there are. we go. This is a privilege. So the people know what your voice sounds like. Not that most of our people probably do that listen to this podcast. Today, our topic is When My Child Rebels. Um, and so we're excited to, to have Pastor Pat and Marilyn with us today. Um, would you mind sharing the ages of your children with us? We had a little bit of conversation before wait, this. Wait. <laughs> this is the, t- the topic is when our child rebels. I, I thought you said it was raising perfect kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be a- we know that didn't happen. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and it's impossible. Uh, how about for that comment, go ahead and share the ages of the the children. <laughs> okay, hun, can you do that? Yes, I know. Yeah. Our our children, our 10 children range from age 45 all the way down to 29. Boom, just like that. And we're only there like in go. our 50s. That's yeah. amazing yeah. how this yeah. thing is we pulled this off. Sure. And how many how many grandkids what's the count up to right now? I can do that one. 38. 38 grand yeah. wow. 38 yeah. grandbabies. That's what a awesome. blessing. Very cool. Well, thanks. We are thrilled to have you guys uh, with us and to to share some insights. Several people have probably heard about Daniel and John and the difficult season that they've been through um, rebelling. But truth be told, um, a lot of our kids and maybe some of the other children um, rebelled a little bit as well. But but just take us back a little bit to to some of the signs that you saw of their rebellion. What were, were maybe some of the initial signs or, or some of your initial reactions to that? I think, I, I know you'll, you'll be talking different than me, but I, I guess when I think of that, I think more so of them pulling back, um, not, not talking much, not wanting to be around. You know, they just wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to spend time in their own room. They just kind of pulled back. Mm. What would you say? Yeah, and I and I would add a little commentary to the whole business of rebellion. I mean, John and Daniel get uh, marqueed a lot, but there's none of our kids were perfect, yeah. and all of them rebelled to some degree and minor or. But I know you're talking about like major rebellion, sure. but. Uh, but major rebellion never starts off as major rebellion, mm-hmm. and so that was one just withdrawing. Uh, is uh, one thing, and then, um, uh, and then with uh, Daniel just kept doing stupid things, you know, and he get caught doing stupid things, mm. and actually, ironically, that was the one thing that I I made me believe he was a Christian because he was always getting caught. Yeah, <laughs> John never got caught. I mean, not never is a hundred percent word. I mean, rarely ever got caught, sure. and John just got darker and darker and darker in the way he would respond. Mm. And his anger started to increase. It actually, it came out of nowhere because John was a very compliant little boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and his anger came out of almost nowhere. I say that because Daniel was a Christian. Mm-hmm. John was not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as things progressed, uh, how did you respond as, as parents? 
Well, I'd like to say I responded really uh, in a godly way. But, you know, it's <laughs> the, I, I remember many times getting upset with them. Yeah. Especially when you'd ask them to do something and you'd get no response. You know, or you'd you talk to them and they would just look at you, and that and that was it. Yeah, um, and you know, the progression was exactly that. It was it was more of a digression, you know, uh, mm-hmm. from being com- compliant at one time to those who just kept resisting and resisting. And how did we respond? <clears throat> Not always righteously, for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, you mentioned one getting upset or angry and having to ask for forgiveness, but in the in the end, the, the imp- our imperfections actually became uh, a blessing. Hear me out. Yeah. Uh, they knew we weren't perfect, mm-hmm. and we acknowledged we weren't perfect. That was one thing they weren't doing. They weren't coming back and repenting. Yeah. But we had to do it quite often. It seemed yeah. like, and I think in the end they would even testify that they saw that we would be sorry for screwing up. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, well, that's really good. Did that ever make you feel guilty, even like as parents of like, maybe we did something wrong, maybe we caused this, we've kind of sent them, because maybe you've done something wrong because you were having to apologize, or maybe just in general, like, what did we do? We did something wrong that our kids are, are going off the deep end. I think even just you know, the blending of the family. Mm-hmm. I think we could have handled that better, you yeah. know? But, and I, you know, yeah, so to think, oh, you know, we could have done a better job doing that with them, Yeah, you know? Just provide a little, maybe there's some listeners that don't know your story. Give us like a 30-second synopsis about blending of the family. Mm. Both of your spouses passed away. You ended up meeting each other. Yeah. And we... um Dated, I knew Pat from you know years before, but I didn't know know him. I knew of him, but I didn't know him. Sure. And so then when we started dating, we dated for a year, and it you know basically it was us working on our relationship, mm-hmm. and that's why I always say we didn't do a a very good job. We could have done better. I I admit that mm. of bringing the family to the families together as sure. opposed to, but we were so busy working on our relationship. So if we dated for a year and then we were engaged for six months. Yeah. So. And to your question, Elizabeth on, or Elizabeth, did Alyssa. I just call you Elizabeth? <laughs> Alyssa, you do I have a daughter sorry, called Elizabeth. Was, we have a daughter, Elizabeth. I was just talking about Elizabeth. I spent a little a time with Elizabeth today. So <laughs> that's a compliment to you. Her name She's is Elizabeth great. Joy and she her. does have joy. Uh, but to your question on the guilt, I mean, and Marilyn did hit on, you know, the, the blending of the family. Did we do it right? I think people and parents that have kids that rebel, they go through stages of guilt, some legit, you know, they, Mm. they, you know, hypocrisy, whatever, and maybe some not so legit. Yeah. Uh, and that would be one of them. Could we have done that better? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, there were. Other things I struggled with, because in the midst of their, when their rebellion was starting to really kind of reach an apex, I kind of did a herky-jerky in education. If you were to ask me, what was your greatest struggle to know if you did it right or follow Mm -hmm. the Lord's will, it was uh, the whole schooling thing. We had them in a Christian school, took them out of a Christian school, uh, put them back in a Christian school. I mean, there was some herky-jerky there, and I resent, I I sort of, 
regret that and the sure. regret mm -hmm. can become guilt. Yeah. Uh, so there was a little bit of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So take, to, take us to that, that moment, maybe in time around that time. Um, oh, I know at, at one point, even your, your job as a pastor here was on the yeah. line, uh, uh, give us a little bit of context there to to that time frame specifically. Well, our boys were uh, young teenagers, and as such, they were protected by their age. Yeah, uh, uh, they're under our authority. You know, whatever trouble they were getting wasn't being marqueed, and the, for the most part, you know, they you know it'd be like you know Jared, you being in the youth ministry for a number of years now. You know, you you sort of say, well, he's a he's a snot nosed little rebel. He'll he, and you kind of see him kind of come out of it. And a lot of them do, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, so uh, they were in our youth group. The, the problem with John and Daniel was they were both leaders. Mm. It didn't matter whether they were leading; they were going to lead one way yeah. or another. They were yeah. leading. And they weren't living for God, and they were not, and they were, they were just, they were just rascals, is what they were, and 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 the the youth pastor at the time, uh, I felt bad for him. He he struggled with them. He was not a strong personality. Great guy, great great theologian and teacher, and so, but not a strong personality. Just probably the fact that they were the lead pastor's kids didn't help the matter either, yeah. you know? And, uh, but it, they were impacting kids in a bad way. And so if one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, I mean, it's, it's top 10 hardest things I've ever had to do in my ministry life. I don't know. It might be down there like eight or nine, but it was hard. I pulled them out of our youth ministry. And in fact, we had disagreement on that. Oh yeah. And uh, mm. let's not talk about that. Really <laughs> but uh, we did. <laughs> uh, but we did. She didn't think it was the right thing to do. I thought it was the right thing to do. We we debated on it for weeks on end, and eventually, I told her. I said, "Honey, I know you disagree with me. I acknowledged her disagreement." Mm -hmm. uh, but then I did it. I mean, I, I knew you disagreed. She's looking at me like I didn't. I, I did. <laughs> no, I don't think there's Pat. much discussion on that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's much discussion. Uh, and I still think to this day it was the right thing to do because because uh, they were toxic to the youth ministry. Yeah. They were hurting our youth pastor. He was hurting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't fair to him or the other kids. Right. Yeah, and so the, I was ta I take yeah. it on. And I wanted them to be in it, but sure. I didn't want them to be in it if it was hurting our youth ministry. And it was clearly, so that was a hard thing to do. I remember sitting down and telling them that I was going to take them out. You know, they were, they were like high-fiving one. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, and, yes. uh, and so, uh, uh, but, but I knew it was a decision. It was, it was, uh, th there were a couple things I did along those lines. So I did that and uh, it was the right thing to do, but a really hard thing to do. And, you know, I think, I think our youth guy was, clicking his heels, you know, is happy to get rid of him. And, uh, uh, and so that entered into a period where, um, you know, I, I'm not like, you know, like crazy. I would, I've not been, I'm not a crazy popular guy, but I do get asked to speak in lots of different venues every mm -hmm. year, camps and Bible conferences, missions conferences. And we love doing that. We've, we've mm -hmm. traveled and done many of these. Uh, but that, that year I can't, tell you what exact year it was, but I told Marilyn, I said, I'm making a commitment to the Lord to take no 
no outside engagements for the entire year. Yeah. And I literally sat in my office, prayed and said, God, I won't do that. I will not. I'm going to concentrate on my boys and not go take any outside engagements. And uh, I literally no sooner prayed that and got and the one of the office gals buzzed me and said I had a phone call literally, literally within a minute. And uh, it was a camp I'd never spoke at before in Ohio, mm -hmm. a large Christian camp, almost prestigious, like really large. And I was going to be the, they wanted me to be the keynote speaker. I, I just started laughing. I started <laughs> laughing because uh, I mean, God, you made this too easy. I mean, you know, you know, put a couple of weeks after the commitment, then bring the big camp. But, you know, I think he probably knew my weakness and <laughs> it made it, he brought it, but it was kind of comical. I just mm -hmm. told the, I told the camp director, dude, I literally just minutes ago made a commitment not to do that. And he commended me for keeping my commitment. And yeah. I thought, you know, maybe try back next year. I never heard back from him. <laughs> 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 but you uh, stayed with yeah. your commitment. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, but then your job was oh, on the line yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, as yeah. well. Just take briefly well, even speak, speak to that. Well, John, it, it, it reached its apex when John was arrested. Yeah. Uh, John had beat up a guy, a local kid, and for no good reason. That's all. Just say it was there was no there was nothing righteous about it. It was very ugly, yeah. very wrong, and um, and then he got his hand slapped uh, by the police, and then turned around and like three weeks later did the same thing to another kid, mm. and they didn't just slap his hand; they put the cuffs on him. Hardest thing I've ever had to do is watch my son have his have handcuffs put on him and put in the back of a squad car and driven down to the juvenile detention center. He's seven. No, he's 16 years old. Mm -hmm. So still, this is not when you're juvenile, you don't, that doesn't make it into the papers. It doesn't right, make it on right. the internet. Yeah. And, uh, but man, that, that was a low, low point for me. And I had, and the, the elders all knew many people that were close to me, pastors and, and we're, we're praying for me in tears even. But I had a day where I took the, uh, I had all the deacons in the room with the elders and uh, I just bore my soul, told them what was going on in John's life and said, if you feel like I should resign, I'll, I'll do. And this, we had, we were getting ready to plan our, we were getting ready to plan our second church at that time. Mm. And things were just clicking along. Here, you know, outwardly. And, mm -hmm. uh, I was dying a thousand deaths, uh, every day. So, so I basically, I'd written a resignation letter as well, and, uh, I was ready to submit it, but, uh, it was a very, very encouraging, uh, day as the deacons just rallied around me and they did rally around me. They said, he's under your authority. We're with you. You can, and they did, they got behind me. And, uh, that was during the time where I wasn't, you know, I didn't take any extra stuff. I spent time with John and he loved, we joked about this day, boy, he loved having me around. He hated having me around. <laughs> I, was, I would go sit with them downstairs. Remember I go down and sit with them. Oh, he just, what are you doing here, dad? <laughs> but I was going to let him know. And in fact, I mean, I, I've, I love sharing this story. So this needs to be said, and then I'll let Marilyn comment. But um, this is a story that I've shared before, but I don't know if I've shared it here. I think I have, but um, you know, Marilyn got up every morning around 6 a.m. to spend time with our oldest son, 
her flesh and blood all of a sudden going to Iowa State. He would get up early in the morning and go to school, but he'd eat a little breakfast. He's like the second quietest guy in the world. Oh, I only man. say that because <laughs> I only say it because I don't know who the I don't know who the first quietest guy is. But especially she, in the Nemmers household. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Way so, so I'd be in the bedroom right off the kitchen and I could hear the entire conversation. And the entire conversation was Marilyn talking and uh Nathan just saying, Yep, nope, uh-huh, okay. Thanks. Bye. That was it. Every day. Every day. In fact, there was a point where I thought, why are you even doing this, honey? I mean, he's not even hardly talking. And then it just hit me. It was like Marilyn was saying to her son, I will be in your life. Whether you want to do a lot of talking or not, I'm going to be there. And that was convicting to me because I realized then that what Marilyn said at the beginning is true. It's true. The boys were retreating to their bedrooms a lot during their early. And mm -hmm. that should have been my call to go to them. And I didn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, I recognized then that I had sinned by allowing the distance. You know, the, it was a path of least resistance thing. Yeah. Yeah. So then during that year, I spent a lot of time with them. It wasn't always good, but they knew I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> In some ways, they couldn't wait to go somewhere. <laughs> Marilyn, do you have anything to, to comment or anything uh, come to mind I, on I that? I forget what we were, that, even that <laughs> question was, guys. It's fine. It's okay. I, well, I was listening and just thinking, you know, parenting, you know, we're in still in the beginning stages and elementary age kids and nowhere near like, what sounds like rebellion, but yet parenting is a constant, like, am I doing this right? Is there something else I should be doing? <laughs> and, and a lot of times just feeling like, I really don't know what I should be doing. So I guess I should pray because mm. it feels like mm. all I can do. And, um, so I would imagine in an even more serious, even harder situation that prayer would be a big deal. Um, so is that, is that the case? Is that what happened for you? Did your prayer life change? Was it already amazing? I don't know. I, I mean, I think you can always improve on your prayer life, always. Mm. But I think it it saw, it showed us where our need, where we should have, our priority should have been was t taking them to the Lord. And was I always, you know, constantly faithful about that? I think so many times I, I, I used the excuse that I was too busy. You know, I'm not, not to pray, but I'm, you know, to, okay, if they don't want to be, you know, if they don't want to be here, I, there's a few other kids to handle, you know? Mm -hmm. So I used that excuse, mm -hmm. which, you know, was no excuse at all because each one of them is special. And I thought I'll let him deal with them, you know? And so, um, that wasn't, that wasn't the right attitude, but take being more intentional of, of being in their lives, being more intentional about, about praying for them, being more intentional, just being more intentional, mm -hmm. you know, not taking things for granted. Well, you know, when they need to talk about something, they'll come because mm -mm. yeah. that's not going to always happen. Yeah. That's why, you know, we're the adult, you know, we're the parents and we need to be in their lives. Yeah. Even, you know, many times you say in their face, you know? Yeah. So I would add Alyssa to the question that, uh, it's a little bit like if you um, if you tear your fingernail, 
and I mean like a bad one, you know, like a bit, like a major hangnail or whatever. And you're, that thing is aching you all the time. I mean, you got you got five thousand other body parts, but the only thing you're looking at is that little finger where the mm-hmm. where you ripped the nail. And that was John and Daniel to me. Yeah. And so in some ways, God, God kept me very humble just by their situation. So I, I often think of it from a sovereign perspective. It was God's way of keeping me humble. I mean, all of the humbling circumstances of my life have been intentional by God to keep me humble. I think I would become a proud person. I'd be, you know, remember Paul, remember when Paul says, uh, to keep me from pride. He says it twice, you know, a, a messenger of Satan was given to me and the storm of the flesh. And I think God has prevented me from, from becoming a proud, arrogant blankety blank by, uh, these issues, including the boys. And they were, they were that pain that, mm-hmm. that they were, they were worse than hangnails, but you couldn't, I just had my eye on him thinking about him all the time. And sometimes I'd even catch myself because we'd have all these other kids living for God and they were compliant and good. And I wasn't praying nearly as much for them. Yeah. 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 Well, um, obviously prayer and God's word, that's, Mm -hmm. we speak to God and he speaks back to us. There may be some parents, in fact, likely many parents who will listen to this podcast down the road and they're right there. They, they've got a kid that's rebelling, or they sense that they're rebelling, or um, what are some passages of Scripture that either were were comforting or, or close to you during those times, or passages of Scripture you could encourage these parents with? Um, take us to God's Word a little bit. Well, some of them are just, you you know them. You train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it, you know, and... Uh, that speaks of hands-on. It speaks of being there. And to go back to the, you know, the, the lesson I learned during this time was uh, you're, you as a mom and dad, you're normal people, you're a normal human being, and the path of least resistance is always the one you'll want to take in the flesh. And, and that means your daughter goes to her bedroom, you know, she's acting pouty and, and, just naughty and just goes to your bedroom. It's kind of like, Oh, I finally got air to breathe here. And there's a, there's something to that. I mean, I don't think that's wrong, but you can't let that continue. That can't be an escape. And I, and uh, you know, I, as I've already said, I, I let it be an escape for them. And it wasn't just an escape. That was a place where they, they sinned. I mean, they were, they were, they were up to no good when they were behind the closed door. So, uh, so I would say just, I would say, be purposeful, be involved in their lives. Remember that you're going to be involved in your lives as much as possible. Train up a child in the way he should go, be in their life. And, uh, you know, that the hands-on thing, you know, uh, is, is critical with your, with your kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, fathers don't provoke your children unto wrath. You know, don't, and there's even, I think it's a Colossians, don't dispirit them. Don't gut them of their spirit. And uh, that means as they get older, and this is what parents need to know as their kids get older, they go through stages uh, into adolescence. When they're really young, they just black and white. It's yes or no. And they, you don't even have to give them a lot of answers. I mean, but as they get a little older, they, they need to know reasons why they can't do something can do something. But then as they reach into adolescence, that 
that that connection of the training it's 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 actually talking with him i had one son who uh was a really good boy but and he didn't make any waves he wasn't a great athlete he wasn't a great student but he was a good student uh and he was the he was the he was one of the kids i didn't pray a lot about because he just super compliant one day he did something wrong with his friends he was probably like 17 or 18 he really is a senior in high school he did something wrong and uh and i stood in the threshold of his doorway having he, he having been uh you know it, it came out that he did something wrong mm-hmm. and i said to him and i named him and i said you know what you believe about this. And I'll never forget. He looked at me and he goes, dad, sometimes I have no idea what I believe. And you could have knocked me over with a feather in that moment. I was so stunned by his comment, but the spirit of God spoke to me in that moment. Don't gut his spirit. Don't, don't attack that embrace his doubt. And that's what I did. I mean, I, that, th- I had, I had like three shining moments in my entire life growing up. This <laughs> was, was maybe one of, one of them, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it really uh, helped because he knew I wasn't going to condemn him for his struggle. Yeah. That's good. Any Marilyn, other, do you have yeah. any scriptures that are special to you or you would share with somebody? During that time, I can't think of anything in particular that just really, really stuck out. I, I just always like reading Proverbs. Mm-hmm. But um, just as we were telling a, a couple that we've been discipling, um, Psalms has always got you know so much wisdom for us, and I think even as parents and um, but I don't have. Did you have any other passages? Hun? Well, I'm looking at one right now. It says, "If you beat him with a rod, he will not die." <laughs> 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 That's got to be in Proverbs. <laughs> Have you uh, ever read that? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever read that? Uh, you picked uh, up a few what things, is, Lisa. Yeah, what is the passage? I was trying to remember the where God will have the hard things and, and good things happening on parallel tracks. Mm. Oh, You've yeah. referred to that. Is that a proverb? Nope, that's a, but it's in the wisdom book. It's, a wisdom. it's Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 7.14. Yeah. It's where Solomon says, In the day of prosperity, mm. rejoice. Yeah. But in the day of adversity... Consider this, surely the Lord has put the one alongside the other. And that is, you know, as it pertains to parent, I actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been thinking, I'm not going to get on a soapbox here, so hang in there, honey. Okay. But, uh, but, you know, I do think that we, we in like parenting pro- podcasts and parenting books, and I think they're a little too Pollyanna for me. Sometimes I think, you know, you just do this and it's all going to turn out. So you're going to have a nice little bow at the end of it and a nice, perfect little boy and a nice little girl. And they're all going to love Jesus and they're going to serve him. And and then that happens once in a while. It's again, it gets back to cake box Christianity. You just follow the recipe and they're going to be great. But that's never the way it turns out. Almost never. And even when you read the books in the Bible, you don't find beautiful bows on the end until you get to the end of the scripture itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, there are a number of Kings and prophets that end up in the, in, in a bad place. Look at the Kings, even the good kings. I mean, there's, there's no good Kings in Israel and there's only eight good ones in Judah. And they, you know, they screwed up along the lines and their, their ending wasn't so great in many of their lives. And I, 
I, I'm not trying to discourage parents who are listening. I'm saying be realistic. Love your kids. Teach them the truth. Get them in God's word. Stay as connected to it. Confess your sin when you screw up. That's a big deal. They, de- they need to know that you're a fallible person. And then in the end, be thankful f- when God reaches down and saves them because you can't save your kids. And, uh, and so if they turn out for God, you thank the Lord for that. You bless his name that he would use you in the process. And guess what? Some of them might not turn out for God. We still have a prodigal out there and, uh, and, uh, that keeps us very humble as well. Yeah. I think, you know, one thing, you know, I don't have a passage, but I think remaining faithful in you spending time in the word. And I know that maybe sound so simple, but I know that's something that we've been some a couple that we've been discipling making the word of god a priority in your life those mm-hmm. kids seeing you spending time with the lord bible sitting around i know you said that to someone just recently and i thought shame on us if we think we need to hide our bibles from someone or you know mm-hmm. put them away someplace our kids need to be seeing us Yes, I know we can have our quiet places in our places that we always go, but our our kids need to see us mm-hmm. spending time with the Lord, worshiping, be it singing, be it say, um, quoting scripture to them, whatever. But they need to see that in our lives because how can we expect them to love the Lord and serve the Lord and desire to live for the Lord if they are if we aren't modeling that in our own lives? Mm-hmm. You know, we got to be real. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. How will they taste and see if they don't see us tasting and seeing that the mm-hmm. Lord is good? Um, we kind of mentioned that you kind of mentioned this briefly earlier, Pastor, about, um, but how, how did other people encourage you? I'm even thinking of there's probably parents listening that have friends whose kids are doing some really hard things and, you know, they're concerned for their friends. How can they be an encouragement? How can we be an encouragement to somebody who's struggling? Well, you said the key word is friends. If you're a real friend, you'll, you'll, you'll uh, encourage your friends who have uh, kids that are struggling. Uh, Don't come at them like you're the, my kids aren't struggling. What's wrong with you? You know, that's, that's really don't go that route. We had some friends that uh, at a really critical time in John Daniel's life, we were planning the day John got arrested. We were planning to be with those friends. And then we decided we can't come up. It's just been too rough a day. And they said, no, no, you need to come up. And we went up and we wept. Mm -hmm. I wept. I actually cried it was the first time I cried over it, and and uh, but it was a safe place to yeah. safe place to 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 weep, and uh, and I, and I remember what he said. This is this is really profound. He said to me, uh, "They'll be okay, Pat. They'll be okay." I'm, I'm, there's nothing you can't put a chapter and verse next to that. <laughs> you can't. But I remember he said it with such confidence. It had sort of baked into it that a confidence that these prodigals would, would come around. And of course now we, we, they did. They, I mean, I, I would have, I would have cut my right arm off of just to see him walk with God again, but then they become pastors, yeah. you know? So, uh, it's, you know, that, that, that was beyond our wildest dreams. Yeah. So, um, 
those are some ways. I don't know, Marilyn, I want to cut you off. Is there any ways that, that friends encouraged you during that time? I think so many, you know, would, would and I and this is me saying this too. When when they when God would bring the, us to their minds, they'd either call us, you know, back then you probably called more than you text. But, you know, sending someone a text and sending like something, some verse that the Lord gave, you know, gave them yeah. that to share with us, you know, that that just lifts your heart so much to mm-hmm. know that somebody's praying for you. Mm-hmm. I just think that's awesome. When you know that somebody's praying for you, doesn't it just lift your spirit? Yeah. So that I've, I've tried to do that now in my own life is, you know, when when the Lord brings someone to my mind, because I know how, how much it has meant to me in the past when people did that for us. You know, when we were going through tough times. Yeah, yeah for good. sure. Well, more people, more like Jesus here at Sailorville, right? Mm-hmm. So how how did that season of your life, have you seen that make you more like Jesus? And then even your kids, how have you seen that that turn out? And you can't go down all 10 of them. <laughs> but, but maybe generally speaking, how, how have you seen that make you more like Jesus and them more like Jesus as well? Either one of you can go first, maybe Marilyn. I, I think it makes you realize that, you know, you have more, is it empathy? When you see yeah. other mm-hmm. mm-hmm. p- families struggling in, in church. And other, I know there's, you know, several families that I know that they, you know, have difficulties with their kids. And it, it just makes me pray for them all the more mm-hmm. because I understand just a little bit. You know, you can never understand somebody's struggles completely right. because their struggles are theirs. Are theirs. But it, it can, you can be more empathetic and um, pray for them, tell them you're praying for them, even encourage those kids, you know, just yeah, give them a hug. Saying. Yeah, you know, there's some kids that I, I, if I see them, <laughs> I always hug them. And you know, sometimes I, I think, well, they're with friends or they're getting older. But I have had them several times lean into me, so I'll say, I'll take that hug. <laughs> you know, it just reminds me that I, you know what, I don't care how old they get, we always need a hug. So yeah. it just having that tender, compassionate toward those parents but toward those kids too that are struggling. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I just would echo that. I mean, I just go after him. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's me, my personality. Anyway, when I see the rebel, it's like, I'm going after that guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, just for fun, just to enjoy <laughs> him. And I mean, I know they're a rebel. Do we have somebody in our, uh, uh, let's call it the greater friend group. Okay. How's that? Uh, and they have a, a, a kid that's a rebel like, and, uh, man, both of us, we just go after that 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 one and they love us uh i know they love us because we love them but we're not being fooled <laughs> we mm-hmm. know they're little, little they're rascals right now but yeah. uh, we know what that is yeah. so so doing that's a big thing being and as i already mentioned um you know i mean this is a shameless plug i mean i wrote the book i mean the book the book part of that premise of the book was the lessons i learned mm-hmm. and you know one of them is just to see that that God is working in your own life and humbling you and giving you fresh uh, compassion, if that be the case, a little more understanding when somebody's going through it, less judgmental. That's all good, last I checked, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. And, and you know what, it, it's, it's humbling for you to reach out to someone when, when you're having, you're, your kids are struggling, to, to reach out to a friend and say, hey, will you be praying for 
because they're really having a hard time or they're, yeah. you know, they're, they're just not listening and whatever. But then when down the road, you be, um, let, all right, okay, so that's that. You reach out to those, you know, parents too, like yeah. I, like we were saying. So, um, it's just, it's just important to be intentional of, of loving, loving people. Yeah. So what encouragements um, would you give to parents? As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, likely lots of parents are, are maybe right in the middle of this right now. What are some encouraging words, um, challenges maybe even that you would have? And there's a lot of them baked into the podcast here already. So any, any final encouraging words to parents who are, are maybe currently right in that struggle? Never give up praying for them. And don't use your own sin as excuses. You know, confess your sin and be right before God in your own life so then you can minister to your kids. Because if you aren't right with God, how can you, how can you minister to your own kids? And um, go ahead. And well, I would go back to what my <laughs> friend said. They'll be okay. Again, that sounds like, oh, my goodness, that sounds like some psychological gobbledygook. It's not. Um, you know, the Proverbs 22.6, I know, has been twisted and distorted and to mean what it, it's a It's a truthism. It's true, but it's not the whole truth, right? It's I mean, training up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. And, um, you know, I, I remember the story. I love the story. Uh, we had some dear friends of ours in the church I formerly pastor had a had a 13 year old that just went dark. I mean, mm -hmm. she had trusted Jesus supposedly, but she was not walking with God. She was doing terrible things, she's cutting herself. This is way back in the day, mm -hmm. she's cutting herself. She's walking through graveyards. There's some ugly stuff going on there. And her mom and dad were two of the most dynamic disciples we had in our church, leading people, Lord, and just. But she was in the back of the foyer weeping one night. I don't, it didn't have anything to do with the message, just over her daughter. And, uh, uh, but an older gentleman in our church saw her weeping and walked up to her and put her arm around her and said, what's wrong, honey? And she kind of talked about her daughter being so far away from God. And I realized parents are listening to this thing. My daughter isn't cutting herself and walking in a graveyard. I get it. But let's just say she's rebelling. Okay. Or he's rebelling. And this man said, you know, what's going on? Do you know what Proverbs 22, 6 says? And he quoted it uh, to her. And he looked at her and he said, is she old yet? That's all he said. And he walked away. That put hope in her. Yeah. Is she old yet? He said, that's all he said. And there's a book that's out of print now. I think it's called uh, Hope for Prodigals. I think it's out of print anyway, but the premise of the book is it, 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 it did some real research on prodigals that came back to God and the percentage in Christian in godly Christian homes. Now these are mm -hmm. not perfect, but godly Christian homes, mm -hmm. prodigals that came back. The percentage was surprisingly very high. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I would say to the parents, you don't give up on the prayer, mm -hmm. trust the Lord and love them. If, they're not old. Just ask the question, are they old yet? Mm -hmm. So yeah. there. Yeah, there's hope. There's hope. That's good. Well, one of the last things we ask is, um, do you have any resources that you would recommend? Um, 
Well, we already shared one of them, your book, obviously. Yes, uh, every child should read <laughs> Retractions. <laughs> the parents maybe could. Yeah, yeah, couple yeah, of, yeah, couple yeah, of nuggets in yeah, there, maybe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think resources are great, but I think most of them just sit on your shelf. I think they're over, I think they get too much praise. The only book we were ever given with a promise to change your life and to save your soul, change your life and sanctify you is the word of God. And I don't want to be prudish when I say this. And I'm not against great books. And I've, we've had lots of books and Christian books. And we, we did, uh, I mean, I love doing a, a Pilgrim's Progress with the kids when they're younger. And, that. That. and, uh, and there's, you know, that's, that's an old resource, but it's a great one. Uh, but being in the word with your kids, not in a, not in a, not in a stale way, but read those great narratives, read the story of the Bible, get the storyline down for, for them and, and uh, get the word of God into your kids. Have a memorized scripture and everything. You should you should just give a quick word about how we, what we did Sunday nights, because that was that, our kids still talk. I mean, they talk yeah, that's that. a highlight of their growing up years. Uh, so for many many years, uh, w- until our kids are out of the house, well, not quite, but almost until they're out of the house. Every Sunday night, every Sunday night, at at about nine thirty at night, everybody had to be home, mm. and we sat in the living room. I didn't care what you're going, be back at 9.30 or quarter to 10 or something. And everybody was there, and you had to say one thing that challenged, blessed, encouraged, convicted, something you at church today. And it could be anything. It could be your Sunday school you were in. It could be a song that was sung or you sang. It could be some something a guy said uh, to you. And, you know, God forbid, it might have been a point in dad's message that he preached. In those <laughs> days, I preached 90% of the time. That's, they heard me preach all the time. But but that was so rewarding and so cool because they all talked. And, you know, we had, there were 12 of us that talked. I was just going to say, and it brought us together as a family. Mm-hmm. Every Yeah, and it really, good point. It wasn't so much the things they talked about, but like when John was really going bad, one time he spoke up and he said, he said, um, he named the person and they talked to me tonight. And I just thought that was cool. I remember thinking his highlight was somebody talked to him. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, uh, so, but like Marilyn said, it was the fact that we were together as a family and yeah. we did it. And it really was, it, there is not one kid that will not mention that as a genuine personal highlight. Yeah. Every cool. Sunday we did yeah. that. Maybe we're doing something right. Maybe Jared does a very similar thing on Sunday nights. Well, sometimes it's Monday nights, but he has our rather than doing a Bible story with our kids, he has them tell us what they learned if they if they went to class or if they came in. A little easier with, with four of us. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's <laughs> only two of them. They're going to remember that, you guys. Yeah. They're going to remember yeah. that. It's those rhythms. Kids love structure and mm-hmm. predictability, and mm-hmm. those rhythms are good. Bringing yeah. bringing families together always a good thing. Cool. Well, I think that's it. Unless you had any final remarks, I think we've we've covered all those. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Parenting Podcast. And thank you again for you, Nemers. Thanks. Our for, privilege. For joining yes, us. Thank you. 
Um, we'll uh, we'll provide a link to Pastor's book in the in the <laughs> the one and only resource and available God's to word. <laughs> yes, and God's wow. word. Yes, God's word. Wow, the two resources. <laughs> That's all you need: God's word and humility. That's it. Maybe a link to the Sunday morning sermon so that they could have a discussion with their kids. <laughs> anyway, we're currently lining up a guest for next month. So if you have a topic or any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to us. And just knowing that you listen is an encouragement to us. So thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jared and Alyssa.